Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello, Car Wash Nation. This is David Begin. Welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. This is going to be a little different episode today, something for you to kind of think about. I'm going to give you some good thoughts today. So um, I want to talk about gratitude and thankfulness. It's it's a, not necessarily an operational topic about car washing, but it's something I've been thinking about uh, here recently and trying to improve my state of gratitude. I've had a couple of events that have taken place that have increased my gratitude, and we're going to talk about that later on in some subsequent episodes. But I want to talk about, you know, gratitude and how that can make a difference in your ability to run your car washes and to own your car washes and to be part of your car washes. And I think when we talk about gratitude, it's, it's really easy for us to, to uh, not be in a state of gratitude, but also it's very easy and quick to be able to change or maintain a state of gratitude. And so a lot of it is just kind of how we're thinking and what our mindsets are. But, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about, first of all, what, what are some of the conditions that cause us not to be in a state of gratitude or in a state of thankfulness? Um, you know, obviously, busyness is probably the biggest thing. We get so busy in our lives that we forget uh, the, the small things, you know, the things that, that do create gratitude. So, you know, we, we are constantly, our society and our businesses, and especially the car wash industry, things are moving so quickly today that we don't think about um, being grateful. We're always thinking about what's next or what, what we've, we're achieving or the next goal. And, uh, and so that, you know, the, this, the state of busyness that we're in, 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 especially in the United States, but also probably in other areas of, of the developed world, we find ourselves super busy. And, uh, and our super busyness, all the activity that would create, really forgets us to sit, to give us an opportunity to sit down and contemplate uh, kind of where we're at in, in our lives and in the world. Um, the other thing I would say is our customers sometimes create us from being grateful. So I, I call them the one percenters. And the one percenters are the one percent of our customers that sort of get angry and lose their mind over the smallest things, right? So their car isn't quite clean or they get the impression we somehow scratched their car uh, or we ended up creating some damage. But, uh, you know, those customers that can't seem to to keep things in perspective um, and uh, and they get angry and sort of lose their perspective on things. But, you know, so our customers sometimes can, can generate that. The third thing I think is um, is the expectations that we create for ourselves. So most of us in this industry, you know, want to do a great job for ourselves, want to do a great job for our families, want to do a great job for our customers, our investors. And so we create this series of expectations that sometimes can't be met or we don't meet all our expectations. And we kind of create this sense that we're somehow falling short or we're failing in what we're doing. And so uh, expectations that we create in our mind or our companies create uh, that sometimes are hard to meet uh, can create that that lack of, uh, of gratitude or lack of thankfulness. And so it's super easy to fall into that state of frustration or being upset or not being happy. And, you know, I've spent a lot of my time in, in the past kind of operating what I call in my worst self and the worst self is, you know, when I'm not in a state of gratitude or a state of thankfulness. And, um, you know, if we, the cool thing about, you know, this, the state of mind that we find ourselves in is it's very easy for us to change that state of mind. 
And we're going to talk about some techniques you can do. It'll just take a minute or two to kind of make those changes. But once you do, it will certainly give you a profound outlook, uh, you know, will give you a profound effect on your outlook and kind of change your mindset from one of being frustrated and unhappy and angry to one of being thankful and grateful. And, uh, you know, that I believe that emotional state of being grateful or having thankfulness is, is one of the most beneficial states you can put yourself in. And if you just kind of think about it as we go through this podcast, I want you to think about for yourself what are some ways that uh, you can do that. And, and I want you to ask yourself before the podcast is over, what are two, three things you're really grateful for? And, and you'll notice the change in your state. You know, if you're driving to work today or driving home and you're in traffic and you're one of the big cities and you're in traffic and it's frustrating, just, you know, being grateful for the fact you have a vehicle, for being grateful that you're in a country that uh, provides roads and, you know, you have the ability to go from point A to point B. Just think about those things and just kind of think about that state that you're in once you think of that. Um, it makes such a big difference. And, and I, want, I want to give you the ability to kind of tap into that state whenever, whenever you need it. So I, I heard this story one time about uh, mindset that, that, that really was, was profound. And it's a story of a man that had kids and they were on the subway. So they were in a big city. They were on a subway. The kids were playing around. They were making a lot of noise. And somebody sitting next to, to the man uh, was starting to get irritated with these kids that were making a lot of noise and running around on all that. So the man just got so angry and so frustrated. And, and he just simply asked him, and, hey, is there any way you can control your kids? Uh, you know, they're, they're being a big disru- disruption on the subway. And, um, you know, if there's any way you can, you know, control them, that'd be great. And, and the man sort of got out of his state. So he apologized to the man and said, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize what was going on. Their, their mother just died um, this morning and they're probably just kind of in, in, in reaction to that, but I'll, I'll see if I can get them controlled. Now, the man that heard that statement immediately changed his mindset. So he went from a mindset of being frustrated and angry and irritated to a mindset of feeling, you know, feeling very sorry and, and, and feeling a lot of empathy for that man and those kids. And, the interesting thing there is the situation didn't change. The circumstance of the kids being, you know, loud on the on the subway didn't change. It was just the man's viewpoint or mental state changed toward that circumstance. And, and the one thing I want you to take away from today is we have the ability as individuals to change our mental state at any time. You know, we might not be able to change the circumstance of what's happening, but we certainly can change our perspective and we can change how we, we respond to those circumstances. And that really is the true superpower that we have as individuals is we can, we can respond any way we want to and we can have a, a perspective about things any way we want to. And, and I believe the best mental state we can always be in is that state of thankfulness and, and gratitude. And if we can cultivate that and be able to switch it on anytime we want, it makes a huge difference in how we approach things. So I'm going to talk about some of the the things that we can do. And I'm going to talk about four things we can do to keep a good mental state. And the first one I want to talk about is the three things. So, you know, I'm kind of a big fan of of the three things, but I'm going to talk about what are the three things we can look at to kind of change our attitude um, from being frustrated and angry to being grateful. And the three things I want you to think about, if if you had these three things today, then you had a good day, right? So if you had clean water, if you had something to eat today, 
And if you have a roof over your head, I want you to consider this to be a good day. That should be the baseline for a good day. Because there's probably, there's a lot of people in, on this planet that don't have those three things, right? So clean water, there's probably, I'd say, they think estimate about 800 million people on the planet that don't have access or don't have access to a good source of drinking water. So that's seven, 750 to 800 million people. That, that's, that's quite a bit. Um, when you talk about something to eat, right? So there's a lot of people that, that don't have adequate nutrition or don't have access to meals every day. And, and you can imagine what it must be like trying to scrounge around to see if you can get a meal, see if you can get something to eat each day. Now, that number is a little smaller than people that have a source of cleaning waters, but there's hundreds of millions of people on earth that don't have access to, to food all the time. And, and so if we have access to food all the time, then that's something we should be you know, really grateful for. And, and, and then obviously, if, if you slept in a bed and you had a roof over your head, um, last night, then, um, you know, we, we see this whole issue with homeless and the state of homelessness, at least in the United States and other countries, but, you know, homelessness is becoming a big problem. But if you had safety and you had a roof over your head and you're able to get a decent night's sleep, and then those are the three things. If you had those three things, you need to call it a good day. So for the vast majority of us, we have a good day every day. That should be your baseline that you look at. Everything else that happens, good, is a bonus, right, or, or is icing on the cake. And, and if, you, if you just take those three things and say, you know, give, give thanks for, for those three things, and you do that on a consistent basis, it will definitely change your outlook on things, right? The second thing I want you to think about um, when you talk about gratitude, and, and this kind of helps your perspective when you're dealing with customers, and I know dealing with customers for most of us, you know, and again, it's the one percenters. It's not the 99% of the people that come to our car wash and love what we do and appreciate what we do. It's the one percenters that get under our skin. So like I said before, if you're washing three to 500 cars, it's only, it could be three to five people each day that, uh, that are, are, are not in a situation where they're, they're, uh, they're happy with what's going on. Right. So one thing I've kind of looked at to kind of deal with that is realize, and I've heard this phrase, and I don't know who said it. Um, I actually saw this at the airport in Los Angeles last week when I was there, but um, it says everybody is going through something. And if we take the perspective that everybody is dealing with something in their lives, um, you know, we can then kind of have a little bit more empathy for that customer that's frustrated and kind of taking their frustrations out on us. And, and we never know what people are going through. You know, like the example of the, of the man on the subway with the kids, you know, that, that individual sitting next to that man had no idea what the circumstance was in that family. And, and when, you know, when he found out, he immediately changed his mindset and his perspective toward that, that family. But we can do that same thing too. So, you know, there, there's a lady, and, and this, this is something that kind of stuck out to me that happened probably seven or eight years ago. I was working on a Sunday morning at the car wash for whatever reason, or I was there on a Sunday morning, and this woman came up with three or four kids in the car, and she was just so mad at her car wash. Um, you know, she didn't like the way it turned out. She was she was got out of the car. She started yelling. She started screaming. You know, the the the, the car wash didn't clean under her door handles, and she was pointing out things that were really, really small, and she was very angry. And I could tell that there was probably something else going on with her at that time. And, and I didn't really take an opportunity to, to kind of, hey, hey, is everything going on? Is everything okay today? I didn't want to kind of pry in that area. I tried to explain to her we can rewash her car. 
you know, we'll worm run her through again. Some of these areas might not get cleaned. And, and she just didn't want to hear it. She was angry. Uh, she said she was never coming back. She was going to go someplace else. But she went ahead and took the free car wash, which, which is good. But, you know, that, that, that situation stood out to me that this particular person was going through something. I didn't know what was going on. And I've had that happen to me two or three times on a Sunday morning. I don't know what it is about Sunday mornings, but, you know, I tend to run into people that are, that are not necessarily having a great day. And, um, you know, if I had a little bit more empathy, if I would have kind of thought about that, maybe I would have been a little bit more empathetic or asked her, hey, is everything going well today? Is there anything else we can do for you? But just realizing that people that, that approach us in the car wash environment with issues and things that don't seem to make sense, you know, if we kind of have that empathy that they're, they're probably going through something right now. We have no idea what it is, but, you know, and they don't know how to respond to, to their circumstance and they're, they feel like that they need to lash out or, or inappropriately react about things. Um, it gives us that empathy and, and we can somehow, you know, deal with that person or change that person. And I know there's some great car wash operators and great site managers and great shift leaders out there that are really good about turning people around. I've seen some, some great examples of that on Talk Car Wash on the Facebook post where people have posted that they've, you know, be able to turn people around and make them raving fans. But just being sensitive to that, that, that everybody's going through something and sometimes when they're reacting badly, it's not a reflection on you. It's not a reflection on the car wash. It's a reflection on what's going on with them. And given that empathy kind of gives you a little bit more capability to deal with that and gives you more capacity to deal with people that, that aren't, aren't reacting appropriately. So that, that would be the second thing is realize that everybody's going through something. The third thing is I would recommend, and this is something I've tried to do, and, and there's a lot of writing that I read about this, is, you know, our what's happening on social media today is really causing us a lot of frustration and a lot of anger and a lot of jealousy and bitterness. And I, I think we really need to figure out how we can limit our access to social media. Um, it's causing a lot of mental conditions. You know, a lot of kids that are growing up today are on a lot of social media and, you know, it doesn't take much. If, if I want to feel bad about myself, all I have to do is go to social media, see what everybody else is doing, look at, look at the, all the arguments that are going on, look at the political debate or lack of political debate that's going on. I look how, you know, how easy it is for me to compare myself against other people, um, you know. And then and all of a sudden I'm in a state that I, that's so far away from gratitude and thankfulness it takes me a while to kind of kind of get back to that, you know. And you've heard the term that compare. I've heard this this uh, phrase that says comparison is the thief of joy. So, you know, it's always e easy for us to compare ourselves against other people. And when we're comparing ourselves against other people, we're not comparing ourselves against people that that are uh, we consider to be worse off than ourselves. We compare ourselves um, against people that are much better off than ourselves. And there's this term on social media right now called the curated self. So people have curated websites, curated Instagram accounts. And so they, they've got a, a Instagram account or a Facebook account that they put out there where they're carefully putting things on it to kind of give the impression that things are much different than they really are for that individual. So everybody kind of puts their best self out there on social media. They don't put their worst self out there. And so if we're comparing ourselves against the curated self on social media, you know, we're always going to feel like somehow, you know, we're lacking. You know, people go on great and great vacations. And so what do they do? They they post, um, you know, they post pictures of their great vacation. 
you know, they post pictures of how well their kids are doing in, in sports or how well they're doing in school. And so you get a, sort of get this impression that everybody's doing great, but, but nobody really posts on their, hey, I'm having a tough day today. You know, things are not going well. I got some bad news uh, from my parents about their health or, you know, there's just, you don't see that as much. And so, you know, we've got to be really careful when we're on social media, um, you know, realizing that that's not real, that's not reality, that's not life. And uh, it's just a version, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a carefully uh, filtered view of life. And so, you know, be, be very, very careful of that. So the third thing I would recommend is, um, you know, really kind of figure out how you're going to limit social media. I wouldn't, you know, just, you know, we're, we're very addicted to it. Social media is designed to be addictive. And so, you know, for us to kind of move away from that a little bit and kind of get more into what's really happening versus what's what, what's happening online. And then the fourth thing, which I, I learned from a, from a coach, Brooke Castillo, who's my coach, um, you know, she talks about from when it comes from a work perspective, ask this particular question every day. How do we make this fun? How do we make this situation or how do we make this job fun? You know, we tend to take things way too seriously in life. And, you know, car washing is great. It's important, but it's not life itself, right? I mean, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's one thing that we do. And, and if we can figure out how to take that and make it a fun event. So, you know, if you've got pit day um, and you're a manager, how do you make pit day fun? You know, so when so and that's probably the, you know, the hardest and the worst job we've got in the car wash industry. But when you're cleaning out your pit, you know, how do you how do you make that situation fun? How do we make the task that we do fun? How do we make the environment? Fun? How do we make the team uh, work that we do fun? And if you just ask it yourself that question, hey, how do we make this particular day fun? How do we make these tasks fun? You know, I think we kind of take a little different perspective and there's nothing better than the energy of fun to make work go by or make work better, right? And that's what I think creates great teamwork, makes people want to come to work. People want to come to work at a place that's fun. And if you're a manager, if you can kind of ask yourself, how do we make this fun? There's no more effort in making it fun than making it hard. And so, you know, take take that and, uh, and, and, and think about that. Ask yourself that question, how do we make it fun? And the fifth thing is, I think, just, you know, give, giving thanks. And, and this is kind of, this kind of gets into a little different realm, but you know, I, one thing I don't do a good job of is I eat lunch pretty quickly and I don't really, you know, take the time to eat my lunch. I, you know, I eat it to get it done, to get on to other things. And that, that's kind of been a problem for me. But, and one thing I'm going to try to focus on is, you know, when I eat lunch, eat lunch slowly, but also just give, give thanks. So whatever you, you know, if you're, you've got a, a faith that, that you have, you know, give, give thanks to God, if that's what's important to you or give thanks to the universe or, just give thanks uh, up in the air to say, hey, I appreciate this opportunity to, to have lunch. I appreciate this meal. And, uh, and just give thanks during lunch. And uh, it kind of changes your mindset a little bit, kind of slows you down and, uh, and, 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 and say, say thank you. Um, which kind of moves me into the second topic here uh, from a business standpoint. And this is a principle I learned from uh, one of the master coaches, Dan Sullivan. I've been attending uh, some of his workshops for the last five or seven years and strategic coach. But one of his tenets for business is always say please and thank you. And, and that has always stuck with me and I've really tried to cultivate that. And I'm not great at it all the time, but it's something that I try to keep in mind. Um, you know, always say please and always say thank you because you know, you want people to do things for you, whether, e whether you employ them or not, you know, 
one of your jobs as a manager or as an owner is to get people to do things on your behalf. And the best way to do that is to ask people and to, to recognize the fact that when, when they do something for you, that you appreciate it. And so I've always, you know, when I, I try, um, not, again, I'm not always successful, but I try when I ask somebody to do something, to ask, ask them, not tell them, and, and to say please. And there's a couple ways that I phrase things, like if I'm asking somebody to do something. And I would typically use this phrase when I'm asking somebody to make an exception. So there's a lot of policies out there, and sometimes I'll ask somebody to make an exception to a policy. So if it's a non-refundable situation and I messed up, you know, I will typically admit my, my part in it. So I'll give you an example. If I ended up booking a flight and it was a non-refundable ticket and I realized I booked it for the wrong day, I might call up the, the, you know, the airline and say, hey, I realize I made a mistake here on my flight and I, I booked it on the wrong day and I realized it was non-refundable. Is there any way you'd be able to change the flight? Okay, so I always use that term. Is there any way you might be able to? So I, I, I realize I'm not demanding. I'm not yelling at them. Um, I'm asking them, can they make an exception? And I realize I give them what I, first of all, do is I recognize in the fact that they've got the power to say no. And, you know, hey, it's on me. I, I made the mistake and I realized that. And, um, but I, I say, hey, is there any way you might be able to, to make an exception? Is there any way you might be able to move my seat from a, a middle seat to an aisle seat or a middle seat to a window seat? And, and when, when, you, when you approach it that way, you know, first of all, you're differentiating yourself from everybody else that's yelling at this customer service person. And so, you know, second of all, you're also giving them the ability to say no. You, you realize that they're the person that, that, that can make the decision, right? And, and you do it in such a way where, you know what, you know, they're, they're dealing with a lot of customers. You know, not all the customers are nice. This person's being polite. They're acknowledging the fact that I, you know, I have the ability to say no or yes. And I just ask them, is there any way that you might be able to, to make an exception? And more times than not, you know, they will find a way if they're able to, to make the exception and, and, and give me what I need. And, and it's just, it's just the fact that I'm, I'm asking, I'm saying please, and I'm being polite about it. And it makes, makes a big, big difference. So use that phrase. I would really recommend, hey, is there any way you might be able to, and then add whatever it is you're looking for. And I, you might see a big difference in the way you, you approach things. And, and I, I have not always done this in my life. You know, when I was younger, I always thought that the best way to kind of get my way was kind of bully my way into getting things done. And, you know, it just never works out. It just never worked out. And I didn't feel good about myself. And the person I was dealing with didn't feel good. And, you know, somewhere along the line, I just sort of changed my attitude that that's not a great way to live. It's not a great way to do business. So the other phrase I would use is, could I get you to? So I would use this uh, phrase probably with, with an employee. So I'm asking an employee to do something. Instead of telling him to do something, I say, hey, could I get you to go ahead and check, check the trashes in the parking lot or go check the vacuums to make sure they're not clogged? Is there any way I can get you to go do this? Right. It's, it, it, it's, it's asking permission. It's letting them know that that employee does have a choice whether they want to do that or not, right? So when they come to work, they're volunteering to come to work. They don't have to come to work. We didn't sign a contract, and, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're not indentured servants. They volunteer to come work for you. 
And when you use phraseology like that, what you're doing is you're recognizing the fact that that person does ultimately have a choice whether they want to do that or not. So you're asking them to do that. Um, and and I, I believe it just kind of creates a much better environment in, 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 in the workplace. And it just acknowledges the fact that, hey, you know, is, is, you, you know, I appreciate you being here. You know, could, could I get you to do this particular task or whatnot? And I just, I, I just like the way it sounds. I like the way it feels. I think people receive it a lot better. And, and again, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get a, a lot more if you do that. So, you know, this is, this is the first phase of that saying please uh, for things. So just, you know, figure out ways to say please and, and be polite. You know, it goes, it goes a long way. So the second part of that is saying thank you, right? So one thing I've really consciously tried to do in the last two or three years is thank people for work that they do for me. So if I hired an attorney and I'm paying that attorney an awful lot of money per hour and they got something done for me, I want to express gratitude. Hey, I appreciate your help on this. You know, appreciate your effort. Thank you for the help. Um, you know, I always say that if somebody did something for me over the phone, um, you know, or works for us, or, uh, for example, we've got, uh, you know, we've got a, a, a chemical provider, we've got a, a service rep that comes around every couple of weeks and checks our chemicals, make sure things are working good. When he gives me a review on what's going on and then after, you know, before we hang up, Hey, I appreciate you coming down. Thanks for the help. I always try to say that because I want them to know that, that I appreciate their effort, even though it's, it's expected. I appreciate their effort. Or you might say, Hey, not, nice job. I appreciate you guys doing that. Right. Or tell your manager, if you're the owner, Hey, tell the guys, thank you so much for their time and their effort on this. Great job. Right. When you do this, this is like breathing life into people. You, you can't imagine the, you know, how much people appreciate being thanked. Um, you know, we're in a society in a world that doesn't do much of that anymore. And it's like water in the desert. I mean, you know, when, you, when, it, when it rains in the desert, things grow. You know, you see things that grow that you, you, you never see before. And saying thank you is like water in the desert. Everybody, everybody, doesn't matter who they are, whether they're, you know, $500 an hour attorneys or whether, you know, they're the people that load cars at your car wash. They crave thanks and they appreciate, um, you know, they, 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 they crave thanks and appreciation. And everybody is universally the same on that, where, where when you just express thanks, what a difference it makes. What, what, what a difference it makes and, and what a difference it makes in that person giving effort next time when, when you need their help. Um, you know, and, and, and this was a story that was related to me a couple days ago by my administrative assistant. Uh, one, one thing we do at our car washes, which I would recommend, is we give birthday cards to the employees. Um, so we, we, we stick an Amazon gift card in there and, um, and we, we do a birthday card. And all the administrative people, I sign it, the managers sign it, and the other employees at the wash sign it. And w we, got a, we got a comment from one of our employees, which really was, it profoundly impacted me because I didn't realize this. But um, he had told the assistant, the uh, administrative assistant that how much he appreciated his birthday card. He had never received a card before ever <laughs> in his life, which blew me away. You know, we, we think it's, it's pretty common that we give cards. You know, we give birthday cards or we give Christmas cards or Thanksgiving cards or 
you know, Valentine's Day cards or whatever. But this was an employee that never received a card in his life and how appreciative he was that he received a birthday card, recognizing the fact of his birthday. And everybody's birthday is a special day, right? So you get one day a year that's all about you and it's your birthday. But he was so appreciative of a birthday card and it just really blew me away thinking that that, that gesture that we do, you know, to kind of, kind of, you know, take care of our employees and make them feel good, how much that meant to him. Um, you know, and, and w- when you give like that, you get all the benefits that the receiver gets. So you, you get the same good feelings and the benefits when you give. And the cool thing about, you know, saying thank you or doing small gestures like that is it's pretty much effortless, right? So it, if you're going to throw in a $10 birthday card, that, you know, a gift card, that's all it's going to cost you or whatever. But, but, uh, but there's, it takes relatively little effort to get massive benefits when it comes to that human interaction, right? And, and the results that you get make all the difference. So as you start thinking about building a team, you know, and wanting to build a, a great team, you know, people want to come to work at places where they're appreciated where they have fun and where people say please and thank you. And, and if you can cultivate that in your car wash environment, you know, it makes it makes a big, big difference. So cultivate that spirit of gratitude and thankfulness. And I believe you as an individual and you and your team will benefit greatly from just kind of changing your mindset and creating that spirit of gratitude and thankfulness. Okay, so that's a little different than our normal podcast, but it's something that's kind of been on my mind that I wanted to share with you. And uh, thanks so much for listening to this particular episode of The How of Car Washing. You know, go to our website at thehowofcarwashing.com. Leave a comment, if you will, or if you listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love to get comments there, too, because it lets other car wash individuals in the industry know about the podcast. Tell your friends, too. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know there's a car wash podcast. So, you know, mention that to, to your other car wash uh, peer group, if you would, and let them know this is out there. It's just a great resource for people that are getting started and people that are in the industry. And uh, it's always my pleasure, and I'm grateful for being able to do this and have the time and the resources to be able to produce this podcast. And uh, so I I get a lot of benefit when I get comments from people that uh, either send me an email or I hear from them when I'm on a car wash tour or something, or I see them at the car wash shows. And say, hey, thanks a lot for, for doing the podcast. I get a lot of value out of it. So that's, that's you know, for them to say thank you makes a big deal for me. And it keeps me focused on making sure we produce the best content we can. So again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The How of Car Washing. And uh, have a great week. And we'll catch you next time on The How of Car Washing. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com. And leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.